Hello one and all and welcome to the Juggling Balls podcast. This is a sports podcast um, talking all things sports related. So uh, main topics will be covering football, tennis, basketball, American football and anything that has a ball, a ball in that's sports wise. Nothing else. So the first voice you're hearing now, I'm Stuart and the second voice you're going to hear is the co-host is uh, Millie and we'll be uh, discussing these topics for you going forward in the in this is the first episode that we're doing um so this is going to be probably the what everyone calls the pilot run and we'll build it from there and see how it goes um so hope you enjoy it and we'll crack on so to begin with what we're going to start discussing is uh, the I think the the small matter of the two epic Champions League games that took place this week Nothing much happened in them. No. They were pretty boring. Not at all. Not at all. I think we'll glaze over them, really. There's nothing, not a lot to discuss. I'd much rather talk about the two Europa League ones. Yeah, the Europa Leagues were were much more exciting. There was no... Especially that Chelsea game. Oh, (laughs) there must have been a good 20 seconds worth of highlights on that. Absolutely. And half that was the uh, penalty shootout. Penalty shootout, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think we'll start with the first one, um, starting order. So, I think... The Liverpool-Barcelona game. Now, seeing as Millie is a Liverpool fan, there might be a bit of bias, but I'll try and keep it as balanced as possible being a Man United fan. So, uh, what were your thoughts on the Liverpool game? You know, you, you said this could be biased. <laughs> I'm probably going to be much more pro-Barcelona <laughs> than this. Yeah. Um, the first hour mm-hmm. was completely even, and yeah. Alisson kept Liverpool in it. Mm-hmm. And then... Barcelona fell asleep, yeah, and let one of them have a free header from six yards out, mm-hmm. and didn't really recover. Mm-hmm. I think they had after after the third goal. Yeah, was that the fir- is the third one the first one? Alden? No, is that- no, because one Alden scored twice in three minutes. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, after it went three 0 mm-hmm. Barcelona had two shots the rest of the game. Yeah, they didn't have a single shot after they went four 0 down, mm-hmm. and just was bizarre because basically for the first 60 minutes mm-hmm. it was the game Barcelona wanted it was it was it was back and forth basically they had their out ball which is to elbow on the flank yeah and they had it at will and mm-hmm. then because uh, everybody in the ground based and watching basically knew that one Barca goal and it ties over yeah yeah Alisson made a couple of good saves Messi mm-hmm. dolly down ball in the first half on one of them where you probably should have mm-hmm. just took an early shot mm-hmm. yeah I think the I, I mean I watched I didn't see the first half but I saw the second half and from what I saw there didn't seem to be much of there wasn't many attacks that Barcelona had where you, you're thinking this is going to be a goal I mean Barcelona going forward are always dangerous but in that particular game it didn't look like Liverpool had much to contend with in, in the second half especially yeah like the, well the first half was quite similar to the first half in the first leg mm-hmm. and it was Liverpool getting to Barca's box at mm-hmm. will basically mm-hmm. and getting some shots away mm-hmm. but Barca having quite a good outlet on the other end and yeah. basically the first leg shouldn't have finished 3-0 that was a gross over estimation of how good Barca were mm-hmm. but there was 30 minutes messy Mm-hmm. which people are saying 
don't, you can't count Barcelona because 30 minutes of Messi and you out the tie. Yeah. On the other side, people are saying 30, 30 minutes of Liverpool playing full octane because mm-hmm. that's what we did against City last yeah. year. Yeah. And that happened at the back of the second leg. Yeah. And like it was an even tie over the... Like, if you put everything together... Mm-hmm. It basically comes down to Dembele missing a sitter at the back end of the first leg when Liverpool went far too going to get an away goal. Yeah, which was... That's the difference. Which is ironic, really, when you say that, because everyone was saying how, before the second leg, how costly was that Salah miss when he hit the post at the, at the towards the end of the first leg going to be? Because getting the away goal, everyone thought, would have yeah. been crucial. But I thought they sacrificed too much to chase it. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't happy with 3-0 mm-hmm. but it's a downside easier come back from 3-0 than it is from 4-0 mm-hmm. and it was very lucky oh, yeah. that it didn't finish 4-0 yeah uh, absolutely with the way the last five minutes went yeah like, but, like I mean, you can't send everybody up for a corner when you're 3-0 down yeah it doesn't make any sense but then even after following the first leg obviously no one knew what was going to come with the Newcastle game in terms of the Salah injury and him being out Yes, I well, okay. Yes, the Salah injury is was a blow. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody kid themselves how difficult the Newcastle game is going to be. I no. don't. I didn't think we'll win the Newcastle match. No, I thought I've, I I personally pegged it as a as as a free one Liverpool, but I didn't peg it as an easy free one Liverpool. I I, I thought I for the like the last part of this season, mm-hmm. I had us beating Barcelona with two legs because. Mm-hmm. The way to beat Barcelona is to go after their defence of Busquets because Busquets is old. Mm-hmm. He's really old now. Well, I think it was... I mean, he was. He struggled against... I mean, I say he struggled, but I mean, there were a couple of times, especially in that first leg against United, where yeah, he, he had a booking and then there was a couple of times where you're thinking that a different referee potentially could have but got something. Busquets does the thing... Where you notice the other midfielders yeah. are not helping him defend, mm-hmm. but Barcelona for years and years and years have been set up for Busquets to feed it to the midfielders. Yeah. And now he can't do that bit. Mm-hmm. And so the midfielders are now ahead of the play, which makes it a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. Especially when your midfielders, like you play, are Rakitic and Vidal, who mm-hmm. aren't young themselves. Yeah. Like, Vidal's had probably two good games this season since mm-hmm. he joined. Rakitic was fine first half. Well, Rak- yeah, I mean, the thing is with Rakitic is he's he's always been a solid player. He, even when he's, his games haven't been necessarily the 10 out of 10 performances, he's always got 7 or 8 out of 10. Yeah, but like, I mean, he's 31, he's coming off a World Cup final, so he had no rest over the summer. It's mm-hmm. There was a very... I thought it was weird how, what that Artur didn't start either mm-hmm. of the legs. I would have thought they would want there just to... Like, I don't want to be stereotyped with Liverpool mm-hmm. like pressing and stuff, but mm-hmm. you know you're going to have a high-octane midfield three from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. At least put one body who has that energy. Yeah. You, you, are ask, you are asking a lot, I thought, of Vidal and Rakitic to... First of all, cover for Busquets. Mm-hmm. And second of all, do their own job at the same time. Mm-hmm. And... No, no, I 100% agree. I think that there's been a lot of calls since that game of the 4-0 from the Spanish media that there's going to... I think there's been a, a lot of speculation that there's probably going to be a bit of a clear-up. 
or I mean, a bit of a change, like quite a big transfer window for them coming up to try and get some younger blood in. The pro well, they've already got one of the common which Alex want. They said they've already signed a Licht and De Jong is more more than likely to yeah. join, or they've already got De Jong and De Ligt's more than likely to join. Yeah, it's one but, of the two. Yeah. But they're going to get both Alex guys. Yeah, and they might as well get the Alex manager while they're there. Yeah, buy two get one free. Mm. Also, those buy two get third half price or something. Isn't it? Yeah, but because the problem with Valverde mm-hmm. is that he's he's done a very functional job mm-hmm. at covering for Busquets, basically mm-hmm. getting old, mm-hmm. and that is to pack the midfield with serviceable men because you've got Messi, mm-hmm. and the next manager who will come in. We'll have to rip Busquets out of that side. And that is a problem. Mm-hmm. Unless you buy Frankie de Jong and he import the Ajax manager, you can yeah. probably get away with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I think we'll leave it there for praising the and talking about Liverpool because it pains me. So, um, so, and then from one remarkable game to the next. This was more remarkable. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, this was because you could argue that. There was a way, because Liverpool, like, again, without being too Mm -hmm. melodramatic about it, but Liverpool midweek nights at Anfield, weird stuff happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there was always an ignorant back of mind, like, if they got one early, you never know, and that's what happened. Well, I think that was always going to be crucial. I I was saying that beforehand, that if... and probably everyone was saying that is if they do get an early goal. I th- I could. Th- I thought we were going to win on the night. I did not think we were going through. Mm. I thought it's going. I I had it back. To, I think I, I think I said two one or something. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. But anyway, yeah, I think obviously going into the Spurs game, everyone was thinking it's only one nil. They've got some back. Yeah, it it could happen. Yeah. Um, but obviously, when you go two nil down in the first half, you've got to turn around and score three goals in response. Okay. In the space, in the space of forty-five minutes as well, when they come off, I don't think anyone had given Tottenham even a press chance that they were gonna get through. Really, I I know we're gonna morph into basketball talk, but there's the easiest way to talk about this game is in basketball terms because mm-hmm. the first goal was a the Ajax uh, set piece goal was mm-hmm. a pick play. <laughs> from mm-hmm. a sidelines out of bound pass and mm-hmm. like delict us like three other six yards out mm-hmm. very well designed mm-hmm. Spurs should have seen it coming mm-hmm. and basically the tie turns around because they bring on the Lorente who basically is a old style post up centre yeah, yeah and they just lock the ball up to him and he had yeah. well wasn't he had, he had time to feed off to Son and Lucas and Ali well wasn't wasn't the play at the end ball gets lumped up Lorente feeds it down to Lucas Mora, he gets through and then puts it into the corner. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like was that wasn't that was basically the final play. But yeah. I think like what But that, they, but they were doing they were doing variations of that the entire second half. Yeah. But like I but that's what I'm saying though, like yes they were doing it the entire second half, but no one was expecting them to be able to get through and do it three times. Uh, I mean that sec that second Lucas goal That's that second Lucas goal is something that when someone does that, when you're pl- when you're playing football in the park and someone does that, and you think, how on earth, are, like, like, it's one of those things when you watch on TV and you've got the wide lens in, so it's like that's stupid. Yeah, it's absolutely stupid because it's not the fact that 
the first shot is saved a point blank range, and then the ke- and then the keeper has the ball, and the is it Shona kicks yeah. it kicks it from the keeper's hands. Yeah, then Lucas dribbles past three people with his back to goal and rifles a shot mm-hmm. through another de- shot <laughs> through, through yeah. another defender on the line. Yeah, but I can almost say for certain we've mm-hmm. seen that goal happen before when we were kids playing up playing mm-hmm. on a field. Mm-hmm. Like th- those are the sorts of things that it's. It was mm. that like that sort of goal, and just like that shouldn't happen at this level for like no. variety of reasons. But as as I say, like I was I was sitting watching that second half um, in a bar, and basically everyone was on tenterhooks, obviously because at that point it was one more goal in the through. And literally, when that ball when that ball went in the bottom corner, there was no Spurs fans in sight, but everybody was jumping up and like celebrating as if it was their own team because of just the moment itself and uh, the fact that they'd obviously turned it around under the circumstances that they had and I would agree with what you were saying before that it was more remarkable that Tottenham turned it around compared to Liverpool's yeah. both both it has to be said were incredible achievements to oh, turn yeah. them around but I think I would tip it just to Tottenham it was weird because in the Spurs game when Ziyech hits the post in mm. like the what was it 80 yeah. whatever minute yeah my me like my thought was like oh, I was supposed to go and do this now. Well, that was that, <laughs> that was, was what the commentary like, said. The like, commentary literally. literally said, it's like, like we're supposed to go do this. I was like, well, they still yeah. need another goal. So the comment, <laughs> the commentary said that as well though, because like I, I, it was the, I don't know who the BT commentary guys. I think it was Fletcher or whoever it was, and he was saying you almost feel now like it's Spurs night. And it I, did have that feel about it. I, of, I did not watch it on BT, so yeah. I don't know. The BT well, I had to watch it on BT because that was the only, <laughs> that was the only screen I had available. But yeah, like I mean. A tasty, tasty final, though. I'm looking forward to it now. I'm looking forward to it because with these two managers, they've always been interesting games. Mm-hmm. I am worried that Spurs will... I don't want to say self-destruct, but there's a scenario in my head where Harry Kane yeah. plays and is not fit. Mm-hmm. And that kind of... M- negates any Spurs threat yeah. and it's a little bit easier than it should be. I well, Which, the, to be fair, I wouldn't complain with, the way, but that's my worry. Yeah, the the thing is for me is I remember a few seasons ago when it was the real, it was the Madrid derby, Champions League. Diego Costa. And Diego Costa had, going into the final, was a bit iffy and they decided to go with him. Yeah. There's, there is no way that if Harry Kane is 30% fit, he does not play. Yeah. He's just, if Harry Kane is 30% fit, he shouldn't play. Yeah. But he will. Yeah. And that's, 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 the, that's, that's, a, that's that might be a problem. Yeah. I mean, to be, I mean, to I be just fair. Want, I just want a good game. Yeah. I think that, I think it will be a good game. I don't, I just, that's, that's probably my shared yeah, concern but, with that. Yeah, but if you start Kane and he can't go more than half an hour, then you've kind of wasted a sub for not really any mm. benefit. Yeah, I suppose. But I think that there is, something to be said for having him just on I know again what you're saying with him being 30% but even if Pochettino were to do the sensible thing and say I'll put you on the bench and then if we need you later on then I can yeah. then I can bring you on which I think is probably the more sensible route to go but again when it's your club captain it's and your leader I think and probably your best player in the team I would say I mean I think there's been a debate for the second half of the season of how good Son's been really yeah I think Son's been their best player this 
season yeah. when he's been playing because he's had two international tournaments. Are you going to say Ericsson? I would have said I, I, I do love Ericsson, <laughs> but I like best player on their day is probably Kane. Yeah, but I don't, I don't subscribe to the theory that you play your best player at thirty percent mm-hmm. because he's your best player. Like, yeah, if if he's your if he's still your best option at 30% then yes you do play him he just won't be yeah but the, I think the thing is as well though the I, I, thing that's got to be, I think the thing that Pochettino will take into um, consideration is the fact that without Kane they've probably played some of their best that's, matches I don't quite understand how but it's it seems to be that when Kane when Kane's out there's a slight slightly different emphasis what the front Mm -hmm. two or three do Mm -hmm. because Kane has such a massive skill set that he can create and create shots for himself as well as being on the end of moves and with if you play Son or Lucas up top they they much more dribble Mm -hmm. to shoot rather than pass a move to shoot and then the Rente is just a box threat So they're all different strikers, so it's just how the team sets up. But mm-hmm. I don't know whether they, I don't know whether it's just how they've set up is different, and then teams aren't prepared for it, mm-hmm. as opposed to that they are absolutely better. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's something like if I had if I had time to play with data and look and look at stuff, I would that it would be an interesting yeah. hypothesis to test. Yeah, I know. I think uh, obviously going forwards in, in future podcasts, we'll have a lot more. We'll give ourselves a bit more time to be able to look up at these things and see what the see what the stats bring out, and obviously that'll answer a lot more queries. But I think obviously for now we're just sort of reviewing things as we go, yeah, um, and take it from there. But um, I'm not going to ask for a prediction on the final because um, I think we should see how the how the next slot of games go in the league and see if any injuries come up. And, yeah, it's like and go with that. And plus, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm presuming that for, I'm presuming that Salah will play. Yeah. I'm half presuming Firmino plays. Yeah. I'm guessing Kater doesn't. Yeah. At the moment. Well, Robertson's but, also got an injury as well. Uh, Rob, Robertson will be fine for the weekend. You you only yeah. had a leg knock. I mean, for, I mean for the fire more than anything else. Oh, yeah, but I think the play. I think obviously it's in three weeks. In the next couple of podcasts, we'll I, I mean definitely in the one before the Champions League, we'll probably do a full review preview of that and break Yay. things down a little bit more. Uh, and see how it goes let's hope hope the review is a bit more positive for you um, but anyway going into the Premier League obviously this weekend's the last Premier League games um, of the season and what an interesting season it's been um, it's been alright it's been, it's, it's been a good season I mean for, it's been a good season if you're a Man City or a Liverpool fan it's not been a good oh, season yeah, if you're a Man United fan it's not been exactly great watching for me um, I mean the middle part was alright the the like that ten game stint we had was good to watch, but other than that, it's been close to the pile of crap. I would have stepped in the shoe. If, if, we, if we're going to review each team in detail, I will save my United takes for that for that one. Oh, I'm saving my I'm saving my take for that one as well, because um, I'm presuming the next I'm presuming obviously with further discussion with Millie that the next podcast is going to have some sort of Premier League review in it. So obviously that's what that's what we'll base it on next. So we won't go too much into. it Team's performances over the season, um, but obviously going into the last game of the season, 
Do you see it any going any other way than City? Oh no, no, no. I, I think City are going to win four or five now. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. Um, I Brighton aren't good. No, <laughs> they're not. But I mean, they got they did. Get, I mean, I didn't see the game, but they did get a draw against Arsenal. That, so, that have you seen Arsenal recently? <laughs> that means nothing. Uh, but that getting a draw at Arsenal means that you are like if you want to play the transitional game, um, you're worse than. Crystal Palace you're a lot worse than Leicester uh, but somehow better than Valencia go figure yeah and Man United well obviously uh, <laughs> alright you walked into just that cause you, just you cause walked you, into just that just because your team's doing doing well for a couple of seasons yeah, right yeah, now you, you start walked to into, up. you walked into that no, I, I can't see how City don't score one or two or three so you don't think Glenn Murray's going to be your saviour he didn't let me finish. I don't. I, I don't see how City fail to score these two. Yeah. I can't see a way of Brighton scoring more than one. So unless there's a heroic defensive performance, so our savers will be Shane Duffy and and Lewis Dunk. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. Brighton did do a spirited defensive performance at Spurs a few weeks ago when they were still fighting they are now safe I think that will have a lot to do with the fact that they won't mm-hmm. be as stern as some people think okay and also as I said when I like going back to how, what I said at the last game how I thought we would draw against Newcastle mm-hmm. I also think we're going to draw against the Wolves because Wolves mm-hmm. are good mm-hmm. and like they've got 7th wrapped up but like, Wolves are very good against top six sides because mm. of how they play. They're going to be a pain in the ass to break down. We're coming off a, we're coming off a huge emotional win with a few players missing. Yeah, it's not the team you want to play in the final day. No, it's not. And <laughs> let's be honest, I would have picked quite a few teams other than Wolves if I had my pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think I, that... I, would, I would rather play Arsenal. Then play Wolves in this final day. Yeah, I mean, I've I've pegged both results as being the favourites, being Liverpool and City both to win. Uh, I don't see. I think obviously, as you say, Liverpool are going to have the biggest struggle. I think because Wolves are a good team, and they, if you look at their results against the top six, they've turned up in each in the majority of them. Um, if if Wolves could beat the bottom six, they could have had an outside chance of being top four this year. Yeah, I think so. Like Wolves are good. Yeah. I think so, and I, th- I think a big and I think a summer of bringing a couple more players, a bit more development with the players they've got, and I think they they probably will be. I think for me personally, them and Leicester are probably the ones challenging for the top six next season. That's just my personal opinion, and we'll go into that a bit more detail in the next podcast. I think because it's going to be a lengthier discussion. I think than just glazing over in space a couple of seconds. Uh, you can get five to one on a on Liverpool Wolves drawing the final game. I'm very tempted by that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, so I think we'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously, if, if some sort of miracle does come from the Brighton game, we'll probably talk about that a lot more and, and your thoughts on that. Just, um, before, just before we move on, I do have one question for you. There's always one game on the final day of the season mm-hmm. that literally makes no sense and there's about eight goals in it. Mm-hmm. Which game do you think it's going to be? Right, I haven't seen the fixture uh, I'll, list. I'll, I'll, I'll get a fixture list up. Right, we'll just go down the list. Brighton City, mm. that, won't, that won't be interesting. Burnley Arsenal, mm-hmm. doubtful. 
Palace Bournemouth. Mm. That's weird. That, that could be weird. Fulham Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Leicester Chelsea. Liverpool Wolves. My mm. night Cardiff. Cardiff can't score. Southampton Huddersfield. Huddersfield can't score. Spurs Everton. Watford West Ham. I, I, would, I would say, if I had to pick one or two of them, I'd say Leicester Chelsea. Yeah. And the Watford West Ham. I don't know whether Watford will rest everyone for next weekend, though. That's my only worry about. but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna always go... a bit wary of, of resting players like that. Yeah, I'm going to go Palace Bournemouth to finish 4-4, because why the hell not? Because one game always does. Yeah, I think I think for me, if I was to pick one, I'd say Leicester-Chelsea, because I think Leicester, is, even though their season's been pretty much done the past couple of weeks, they've still turned up and wanted to score goals and, yeah. and, and put in a good performance. And I think that's due to the fact that since Rodgers has come in, there has been a turnaround and a positive turnaround. Yeah, it's, it's weird to get a new manager bounce when you've got really not much to play for mm-hmm. at the end of the year. It'll be mm. interesting whether that can carry on. Mm. Well, yeah, I think as with most teams in the summer, it's going to be interesting summer, particularly with this one for Leicester, because I think they're wanting to try and keep hold of Thielmans and get him on a perm. And I think there's going to be a few players that might move on, like the likes of maybe Morgan or Brighton maybe. Um, players who are obviously reaching the latter part, latter stages of the career, if not finishing the career, not necessarily all brighton in that sense, but um, you know, probably looking to move on to a different challenge potentially for Rogers um, to get some new players in. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully, it's a nice dramatic end to the season, like everything else has been this week. <laughs> I can't see it. I can't see it either. But if, if, if I'm if I'm being honest, I if. If City, like, it'll be the worst thing for Sky, but also one of the most more predictable things will be City scoring within, like, the first five minutes. Yeah. And they'll go, oh, but then if, <laughs> this is going to work. But then again, <laughs> if, something, if something fluky happens and Brighton get an early free kick and score a header or something within the first five minutes, that makes yeah, it a bit more interesting. Yeah, that makes it fun. Yeah. But again, I just can't see it. I can't see it either. Right. City are too good. No. All right. More on, more on how great City have been. <laughs> I hate saying that sentence out loud. Um, I'm, I get the feeling I'm going to have to say that a few more times over the course of these podcasts, though. So we'll move on to that. I, I will make you say it. Yes, you will probably. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, anyway, moving on from football, um, we'll start talking some basketball. And obviously, at the moment, the playoffs are currently ongoing. A lot of interesting games and situations and scenarios have been thrown up in these playoffs. Obviously, we've got. Houston Golden State going into Game Six tonight, potentially, either potentially ending it or extending it to a Game Seven. We've got Toronto and Philly in Game Seven. We've got Denver and Portland into Game Seven. All this, all this potentially Game Seven's happening on Sunday, and then we've got Bucks in Boston, which is just finished because Bucks just put the foot down and didn't look back. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll start with the matchup tonight um, of Houston and Golden State. The game is at Game Six, and it's at Houston. Obviously, the big news coming out of Game Five was Harden—not Harden, sorry—Durant had a suffered a calf strain and will miss the rest of the series. So that's thrown up a lot of debate around the cha- around the basketball channels of can Houston capitalize on this, or will Golden State be able to see this out? Um, so, what are your thoughts on that? I think that Golden State probably still too good, but it's now a lot closer than it would otherwise be. Yeah. I can see. I think Houston will win tonight, yeah. and we'll make it game seven. I. It'll be interesting to see 
how they initially mm-hmm. try and scheme without Durant, mm-hmm. Espe- especially defensively. Yeah. Now, be- be- because basically you're back to the old lineup. Yeah, yeah. The problem, the problem is with that though, is that the obviously the problem we're missing Durant is he's the best player in the league at the minute. Obviously, you're gonna miss the best player in the league. Is he? I would say so. Yeah. Okay. I say he's the best player in the league. Okay. And you can make the argument. Yes, he's definitely make the argument. Obviously, missing him, I think they've missed they've missed Cousins this series. I think he's been a big miss for them defensively. Yes, they've had Draymond Green at, playing at centre the majority Cousins of the time. Cousins is a weird one defensively. He's he's should be a better defender than he actually is. Mm-hmm. So, like the idea of Cousins at centre, that's what they are missing, mm-hmm. and it's what they were pl- what, what they were hoping to get even mm-hmm. after getting him on, on a Achilles mm-hmm. injury. Yeah. But it wasn't. It's it's not like he it's not like he was playing at a great level defensively then disappeared. Like he's never no, been at that level. But if you look at but if but if you look defensively compared to what I mean, obviously Draymond Green's one of the best defensive players in the league. Yes. And there's no shadow of doubt about that. But if you look after that, you've got Bogut who's who's kind of who has struggled this year yeah. for them. You've got is there other who's the other centre? I can't Name struggling to end my head. Is it Looney? Yes. Yes, Looney. He's he has, whilst he's performed fairly well for them, he's not. Uh, he's not. He's not the answer to cousins not being in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the that's like they they will miss Durant defensively because mm-hmm. um like they will have to put a subpar defender on somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's all about how like that's what I'm saying it depends how they yeah. want to scheme it defensively because if if Houston was missing mm. one, of, one of their top players well they switch everything anyway yeah absolutely so they, yeah. they you can half get away with it but then I think the other thing the other thing as well is people are saying oh they can go back to the original lineup but then the original lineup obviously back then Iguodala was coming off coming off the bench as the sixth man yeah. Iguodala has been asked to do a lot of a lot of minutes in these playoffs and he has got a lot of miles on the clock he's 35 is he going to be able to do it potentially for another two or three if, if they get obviously if they get through Houston they've got the fi- the Western final and then they've got the finals I think it's a good thing I mean like just for the immediate future mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing that the other Western series has gone seven mm-hmm for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. because that, that works in their favor. Yeah. Be, because if if this if that one had gone in four or five, and this one had been a slog in seven, mm-hmm. then the fatigue comes a factor mm-hmm. later on in the fi- yeah. in the conference finals. Yeah, I think especially especially if Denver mm-hmm. win game seven against Portland. Yeah, but uh, I mean, so they've they've gone seven against the Spurs, so they go seven against Portland. Yeah, but obviously and then getting this slug fight against the Warriors. Yeah, but obviously to that point as well. Obviously that you're making about that one is the Eastern Conference. When you look at that, books have got through in five, and then Toronto and Philly are going to yeah. come back off a seven series and be obviously yeah. Fatigue is going to play a part. Whoever gets through that. So, um, but obviously I think that Durant obviously is a big miss. Cousins is a miss for them. I don't necessarily agree with the idea that because it's the original lineup, they should be fine because they don't have as big a depth. I d- it's not the fact they should. It's not the fact they should be fine. Is I'm less. It's not the fact they should be fine. It's more. 
I'm less worried. Mm. That's probably the way I put it. Yeah, yeah. I, Be- I'm because, not because, from be- your point because, of view. Because we know kind of what this lineup can do. It's not like mm-hmm. it's not like you're taking one of Portland's best players or you're taking Jokic out of yeah. Denver. Then you're like, what the hell do we do? Yeah, I know that. Like, and we, I, I we do kind of know what this lineup can and will do. But I think there's more. So it's easier to say. Yeah, it's 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 easier to project what could happen. But I just think that if you if you obviously if you compare the benches of the team at Golden State now compared to what they had back when they had that original, yeah, lineup, yeah, yeah, I agree. There's no there isn't as much depth there, and even though they had Bogut back then, he isn't the same player that he was yes. then. If, if everyone is a couple of years older, yeah. everyone's got more miles on the clock. I I, I, I get I get your point. Mm-hmm. It's that that's that's why I'm not saying oh they will be fine. I, that's my point. That's why I made your point. Is I think they will be fine. I well, I'm gonna put my neck on the line and say I think Houston are gonna go through. I'm gonna be a brave man and say Houston are going through in seven. Um, I mean, that got, that's complete. That's completely reasonable. Yeah. I said, well, I well, I I mean, probably less reasonable at the start of the series, but I I did peg Houston in seven. I thought it was going all the way. I didn't because I didn't I didn't see them doing it. I didn't see them winning four four six games I saw them doing the backwards and forwards and maybe nicking the last game and doing it that way but I say a lot of people were saying that very first game with them having a little bit more break than Warriors everyone was saying that was the missed opportunity and it did look like that from watching yeah. the first game um, but the fact that they managed to hold the whole the home court as well I think that held them a good stead especially with Durant still being inside at that point um, so for me personally, I think Houston will go through. I mean, it's not going to surprise anybody if Golden State go. I mean, we're saying all this the, now. The, the zombie go, warriors. Go, Golden State end up end up blowing them out by like thirty points or something tonight, and then this whole discussion is null and void. The the thing with Houston is they they like with Durant out, it's now much more of a toss up. Yeah, but the way Houston plays, they could go over mm. twenty three and three points again, and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think we'll leave we'll leave that particular series there. We'll move on to the series which will end on Sunday night. Um, both of our teams in this one again, um, Toronto and Philly. Um, so going into last night's game, was it last night or was it the night before? It's last night. It was last night. So going into the last night's game, obviously Toronto had a three two lead. Going back to Philadelphia. Um, it was not close, <laughs> and it wasn't really close. Um, I honestly, at the start of this, when this series started, I personally felt it would be four-one Toronto. I thought Toronto would would deal with Philadelphia quite easily. I just didn't see how, especially the problems that Embiid's been having. Yeah, right. I, I was, thought he would be. I didn't think I was cautiously optimistic, and that, yeah, and, that, and this is why I'm not cautiously optimistic. But it's like there was there was also Embiid, but then if you look at Simmons, Simmons hasn't really turned up so far in the playoffs he's played he played a 30 plus point game I think one game against Brooklyn when Embiid was out and which I think goes to show that when Embiid's not the focal point of the team Simmons is a much better player attacking and getting to the and getting to the hoop it's Simmons is weird Mm -hmm. like he just is in, in a very nice way he's weird yeah because you can almost game plan him yeah game plan him yeah out of the game by mm. just like oh going okay you can shoot from you can shoot from 20 feet well go, go ahead because yeah. we know he won't yeah and so if you cl- if you clock up these passing lanes well, that, yeah. it's a, 
the way he plays, the what 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 he wants to do, it's a lot harder to do. Yeah, but which, I think which and, is why which is why you get things of years and showing up. It's like well, like he's just been game planned out. Well, last year when Philly got knocked out by Boston in the sem- was it the semi-finals? I think mm-hmm. their yeah. bit, ba- their basically their whole tactic in that last game was let Simmons let have him. the ball, yeah, let, but, let, him but shoot. let him shoot because he's not going to take the shot. And and I think it even got to the point where the Boston crowd was chanting something like "shoot the free, you coward" and stuff like that. <laughs> like it, it yeah, got exactly. to a point where he, he just and we thought everyone thought in the summer he's going to go away and develop that. And he absolutely didn't. Yeah. So, like, I'm praying this summer he sees the light a little bit. I mean, he doesn't need to develop it that much. All he needs to develop is the threat of it. Yeah. Or, I, d- or- I don't even think it needs to be... It doesn't It doesn't need to be a three-pointer or anything like that. It just needs to be a jump shot. Yeah, a jump, a jump shot of some kind that is half successful. Yeah. And it's all... What I do, it will force one defender to... Mark will uh, to close them down somewhat, and then that opens up everything. Absolutely, yeah. So it it doesn't help that mm-hmm. with the playoffs, the way mm-hmm. the way the benches get shorter and the rotations get longer. Mm-hmm. Your best players are out there longer. Mm-hmm. Your best defenders are out there longer, mm-hmm. and so you're asking Simmons to do something he doesn't want to do against better defenders than what he normally sees on a given night. Yeah, and that's also a problem. Yeah, but. but- and I think the going into this last game of the series, obviously it's going back to Toronto, so home field advantage for Toronto. I think for me personally, the I don't know if it's necessarily a key battle against each other or if it's just a key battle of who's going to lead the team better and, and obviously take and make the more important shots. But I think the the big the two big players in this next game are obviously Karai for Toronto and how if he steps up to the plate, which I'm heavily expecting him to do. How dare you not say Siakam? Um, and <laughs> and then for Philadelphia, which might surprise some people, I think is Jimmy Butler. I don't think that surprises anybody. <laughs> well, some people it might. I don't know. It, it obviously, I think. That, but if you, I think if you look over the series, particularly, um, I mean, not even for Philadelphia. If you look at both series they played so far this season against Brooklyn and Toronto so far, in those moments when Philadelphia have needed a cool experienced head Jimmy Butler's turned up and he's got them and he's got them points and he's got them over the line I I have to dis, I, I, ha, I have to pull you up on you saying cool and Jimmy Butler in the same <laughs> sentence about a negative in there no, no. but I, I do get your point about experience yeah. um, being the yeah. major part in it and it does yeah. I think it's really helpful for Toronto this series that mm-hmm. Kawhi is there not because of his like, it's not the fact that he's like he like get he takes control mm-hmm. of stuff and that he like he he isn't really there as like mm-hmm. everybody follow me. It's more the fact of he's done this shit before. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he knows he, what he's doing. And yeah. for a team like Toronto, that has, is pretty much the joke of Toronto is they're amazing like the season and then come playoffs they they fold. Yeah, having someone who's just done this before yeah it's such a help yeah yeah absolutely and I think obviously that's why uh, him and Danny Green like like they know what they know they know what to do Mm -hmm. but that's why Toronto that's why Toronto took the gamble to get Kawhi last summer to try and even if it's just for one season he's going to take them far yeah I mean we can talk about this probably after the series ends Mm -hmm. but I think the 
bet like if you wanted Kawhi to stay in Toronto, mm-hmm. the bare minimum was probably getting to this point. Mm-hmm. Getting because because the East is being so tight, mm-hmm. getting into a position of getting to the Easter Conference Finals, and then hopefully, depending on how if we win on Sunday, then if the Eastern Conference Final is competitive, mm-hmm. it doesn't. I don't think it overly matters whether it's a win or not in the series. As long as it's competitive against the Bucks, mm-hmm. then that's your pitch to Kawhi. Mm-hmm. It's like, this East is very winnable. We're already very competitive. Mm-hmm. And like, if he says, no, I want to go to LA, I mm-hmm. want to join the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Like, I want, like, I, I decided quite, well, like, I decided a couple months ago that, yeah, I want to go to the Clippers. I think, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I 100% agree with what you're saying there. I am in two minds with Kawhi though because I do wonder if he's coming to Toronto thinking I'm just going to do a one year stint and then I'm just going to go to LA I think at the start of the season everyone thought oh it might be might be the Lakers and then I think as the season's gone on and I think from about the halfway point everyone thought I think the rumour mill and the sort of insider info came that um, it was more likely to be the Clippers which is fair enough because I think if you look at the two organisations right now I know who I would be picking to play for I would definitely be going to the Clippers over the Lakers right now. Um, would you pick? I, I was gonna. I was gonna make a silly suggestion. I'll, I'm gonna. I'm gonna change the team. Would you pick to go to the Suns or the Lakers? Because I was gonna say the Kings, but that's still a lot of choice. Well, the Suns. The Suns isn't much better, really. <laughs> that, well, I think if you look at the Suns and you look at the Lakers, I'll go, I'll just take a season, a couple of seasons of madness with LeBron, I think, over the Suns, um, rather than Devin Booker scoring 70 points and losing games still. But, but, like, but like if you're if you're a free agent who, and you think that with, like, I, I don't know whether, off the top of my head, I don't know what Phoenix's uh, cap situation is, but if they get, if they get the number one pick, Mm-hmm. You've got Booker, Zion, and DeAndre Ayton. Potentially, yeah. That's quite fun. And then... Yeah, but I was doing if, it on if the free, it, of yeah. basis of here and now. Yeah, I would here and go now. For, yeah. I would go for... Um, but obviously the free agent decisions after the draft. So. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, in terms of Toronto and Philly, how do you see this Game 7 going? There will be a run half like halfway through the second quarter, which will decide the game. I have no idea who's going to make that run. I will say Toronto, but like it's fifty-one forty-nine in my head. I think it's fifty-fifty because of the only reason I'm tipping it Toronto's way is because of the home field advantage. Yeah, which I is think. why it's fifty-one forty-nine in my head. Um, and maybe potentially tipping it is depending on if how healthy Joel Embiid is turning up. But if he and if if he can play and he can play to the extent we know he can, I still think that might be. I still think that should be enough to get them over the line. But if but then if Kawhi just has an absolute monster game, I think it, we're talking fine margins. Yeah. Can I just make one major gripe about this game seven? Mm-hmm. I really hate the fact it's the latest <laughs> one. Not just because it's our teams, but also just like it's the East. The East Game 7 is going to be played after one or both of the West Game 7s, and in my head, that just makes no sense. Well, television, there you go. Yeah, I know, and, like, 
if the choice is Toronto, Philly, or Denver, Portland, I know which one. It's, I can understand which one the. It's twelve. It's twelve o'clock in the morning on Monday morning. Um, so if you're gonna stay up for that, congrats. Um, I, I almost stayed up for one last night. I decided against it quite late, yeah. and I'm glad I did. Yeah. I might watch that. Fair enough. I might try. <laughs> just, just, see, just see what happens. So moving from one seven-game series to the next, we've got Denver and Portland. Um, I don't understand how Denver didn't win last night. I don't understand it. I. This should have happened. This should have. This should have been done last night. Yeah, I didn't. I to be honest, this is probably out of all the series. This is probably the one I've seen the least of. So you're probably gonna have to guide me a little bit on this one. I've, I haven't seen that much of it because yeah. it's late. It's late night ones, and I don't have game. I don't have a league pass, so right. it's a bit more difficult for me. Um, but yeah. What's been happening in the series is Denver, when Jokic is on the floor, mm-hmm. uh, have been very, very good. Mm-hmm. And when Jokic has been off the floor, they've been very, 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 very bad. Right. Last night, for the first time in the series, was when Portland had a positive rating when Jokic was on the floor. Mm-hmm. And that's why they won. Right. Because the Denver bench unit is horrendous. Right. So, Jokic's got, uh, Jokic's got for uh, four fouls mm-hmm. early in the th- early in the third quarter, I think. Yeah. And so he got he got auto benched yeah. for reasons which I don't agree with. I don't like auto benching when people are hit fouls too early. You yeah. tr- you should trust your you should trust your guys not to foul, mm-hmm. especially good players. It happens a lot in college basketball, which I know you don't watch, mm-hmm. but because yeah. that's fu- <laughs> because that's because that's five fouls rather than six. Yeah. If any player gets two fouls in the first half, yeah, nearly every coach will pull them into yeah. halftime, and it just it annoys. Well, it's like in that Houston um, Golden State game, the last one, um, which I think there was like, I think it was Capella. Capella got two in the yeah, first quarter, so, yeah, and then got pulled. So and that was it. He was out for a little bit. Yeah, and it's just, and it's just like if if he's your best player and you've got loads of and if if. If he's your best player and his average fouls per thirty six minutes or whatever is nowhere near fouling out, just trust him. Just mm-hmm. trust he's not gonna foul out. And so yeah, so that's so that's why it's gone to games uh, seven because Denver were up and then Joker's got into foul trouble basically. Yeah. Denver are the better team. Uh, De- Denver are the better starting five. Portland are the better team. Yeah. I can remember talking to you. Um, six weeks ago about Portland being sneakily mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had a sneaky feeling about Portland at the Western Finals mm-hmm. so this is where you're this is are you sticking to your prediction yes okay because I'm so worried about this bench unit for Denver like okay. if they we're, we're talking about the lack of depth for the Warriors mm-hmm. if if it's a Warriors Nuggets mm-hmm. Western Finals it could be over quickly yeah that 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 I don't think will be that competitive. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that Denver have got going for them is their their home games are always notoriously difficult to win. The teams go yes. to Denver and struggle. Well, it's the altitude. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, I think that's obviously the main reason. But obviously, the fact that Denver are now a good good team. Yeah, those <laughs> helps, helps factors helps. Yeah, um, I mean, like game seven, game seven at altitude. That could be the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm picking Portland mainly because I, I had a sneaky feeling they could get to the Western Finals, mm-hmm. 
like six weeks ago. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, fair, I'm, I'm me, not entirely sure if I ha- if I didn't have that prior, what I would do. Yeah, I think for me though, like even if Portland were to go out after tomorrow, the 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 moment of these playoffs for me is that little shot against o- Oklahoma, however far out it was. Thirty seven or something. Something silly like that, and just hitting it over Paul George. Game, game beater, and then just the it's the wave. The wave is what makes it for me. It, obviously, all the the bad blood between Lillard and Westbrook, and just the fact that he's just like, see you later, like just oh, absolute perfection. Yeah, so for me, I can see. I can. I think I'm going to go and agree with what you're saying about Portland. I think they have two great players in Lillard and. McCollum. McCollum. Yeah. I was McCollum. Just make sure I'm just making sure I've got his name right. Um and I think that they're very capable of just being able to shoot themselves yeah. through. Like if if Houston win tonight, uh the Denver Portland game seven is at a fairly reasonable time for us but for us British lot. I would I would quite like to watch that. Mm-hmm. that I, th- I think that'd be quite fun. I think it'd be quite fun game seven and then Finish off with Houston, Golden State, and then that we'll just pretend that Toronto really doesn't happen. Well, this is the thing because for, for our nerves' sake, let's pretend it doesn't happen. At, at the minute, the the Toronto the Toronto Philly games at twelve o'clock. Well, no, that's that's scheduled. That's that's um, that's not going to change. Yeah. So it's it's the if what the thing is if Houston go if Houston win tonight. Mm. Then it will be Denver Portland followed by Warriors Houston Houston followed by Toronto and Philly Philly yeah if Golden State went tonight then they will they will sh- they will move the Denver Portland game to the what would it be half nine for mm. us time yeah. so there'll be this there'll definitely be one at half nine definitely be one at midnight. Mm-hmm. It's just whether they'll be one at six or not, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, moving on from those three series that are still yet to be decided, um, moving on to the other series that's, that has been decided and convincingly, obviously had Milwaukee Bucks versus Boston Celtics, and the Bucks went 4-1. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised because I've been fearing the zombie Celtics <laughs> for about four months because yeah. um, like the Celtics are such like are a very good playoff team mm-hmm. like they've, they've not been a good regular season team mm-hmm. but you saw in the first round against the Pacers mm-hmm. when they can be asked they are very good yeah. and I know I know the, I know the Pacers basically ran out of steam nearly and they, did, and they lost all the deep yeah all the deep, but yeah they ran out of, they ran out of steam because of that but they dismantled them in the first round, and then the first couple of games, but the first couple of games of this season, at times it was mm. what we were going to, what we were expecting the whole season to be, basically. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and then they just lost their way again. You, I mean, I mean, we, I know, in, when we done practice rounds of this and stuff, we were talking, we were talking about Boston quite a lot, and you were very much inside that Boston will click. Yeah, and I was very much on the side of I don't think they are going to click. Because I, I'd watched Boston with interest throughout the entire the season, and there were there was those moments where, like the first series, they were clicking for like ten games. Yeah. And then, something, 
out of nowhere would just tip like tip it yeah, all like, off scale and that was it my, my thing of Boston will click was more based off like once you get like it would take a couple of games and once they're in they just they'll, they'll put all the shit to one side mm. for this month well, and then what... just power through it because it's a get because it's a game and then a game and then a game yeah. you're not having that you're not having back to backs you're not having mm-hmm. you're not having media come in and doing stuff all the time and it's like I think the playoffs for teams like Boston is probably better than what like the, like the Warriors basically were middling along for quite a bit of their season just waiting for the playoffs to yeah. start yeah but the thing is, like, Bo- I put Boston in that boat they just found themselves not at the top of the Eastern Conference whilst doing it. I just I just thought that fairly early on in the season, Irving created a put a big wedge in between him and the younger players. I don't understand. if if Kyrie resigns, and that's a big if, because mm-hmm. we're not expecting him to. Mm-hmm. But if he resigns, if he resigns not resigns, if he resigns, what's he been doing this year? Like He's he's boxed himself into a corner where if he resigns he he loses mm-hmm. like whatever reputation he still has in that dressing room. I think he's already okay. lost it. Yeah, and it's just I don't if if he didn't like if he already knows where he's going, mm-hmm. then fair enough. I, it might just be what my personality is. I just can't work out what he's trying to achieve. I mean, I, I don't know if this is necessarily trying to achieve anything, but what probably doesn't help him is when, after game six in this, after the, not game six, when books go 3-1 up, yeah, and he and he turns around, he gets asked a question, he turns around and says, I'll shoot it 35 times if I have to, just give me the damn ball and I'll shoot it, and I'll shoot it well. This next game, the ne- very next game, which he, everyone knows is basically make or break for Boston, like they have to win it, he shoots 21 shots and makes six. Yeah. That you can't. Yeah, if you if you gotta like, first off, I would say don't call don't call you a number like that. That's yeah. Like that's again, that's my personality mm-hmm. coming through. But like, don't call you a number. That's just no. There's just no point. Mm-hmm. And then, but if you are gonna call you a number like that, you better damn deliver. You've got you've got to follow you've, up. You, on yeah, because I, I mean, can, he, his whole thing about going to Boston was making it his team. He was the face of the franchise. He was gonna be the leader. And he just, so far, I mean, I know the first season ended with an injury, so there was no chance for him to really, in the playoffs especially, he was out for that. There was no way he could do anything about it. But this season, it just feels like it's been one episode after another for him, and he's never been able to pull it back to the point where everyone is in agreement saying, yeah, yeah the Celtics have arrived, they're here now. Yeah, and that, that's kind of my point. Like, if, if he'd been here, if he'd been at Celtics like five, six years, and... Mm-hmm. Like he was like almost a bit like a high scale version of what Davis is doing at the Pelicans, mm-hmm. and that you could half understand where he's coming from, but like mm. he isn't there. Yeah, it's like I don't understand what he's again. I don't understand what he what he's trying to achieve. Well, what obviously is was he, he left he left. Cleveland because he wanted his own team because yeah. he thought he was going to have to have his own team which is fair enough everyone can believe how good they are and there is no issue with that the problem is before LeBron got there and improved everyone and helped everyone improve and get to the point where they were able to win a championship 
Irving was still a rookie and he and they were still a team who were I think in the bottom rungs oh, yeah, of yeah. it and then basically when he comes in LeBron turns them into this helps turn them transform them into a championship contending team obviously they go and get a championship and then after that Irving it seems to me from my perspective that Irving started to think that I can I can do this there's no reason why I can't do this and I want to be able to prove that I can do this I'm just trying to I'm trying to rack my brain back to stuff yeah did um, Kyrie like have a contract on the table over the off season I can't remember what he did or not uh, I can't no I can't remember that either because because um, like if he so in terms of the contract I'm not 100% sure of of what the situation was but in terms of his why he was so annoyed at things I think that a lot of it came from the media because the media kept asking him yeah what are you going to do what, what gonna what's do? free agency looking like how are you feeling about it and this that and the other I think it got to the point where he turned around in the middle of the season and he was like stop asking me questions about this because I'm not I can't tell you anything and I'm not going to tell you anything until July the 1st so well, that, well that's the line he started and then he says like he's like I, like, I want to sign this like don't ask me to July to July the 1st I want to sign me to the Celtics and then it changed to I don't own anything a damn thing yeah. or was that fact and that, and that and that's why this whole thing's ramped up now because like he had a he had a message and then flipped it on its head without really any justification. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there was a... And I remember there was a... At least not publicly. Like, a, the, before the season started, there's the usual sort of fan conference and things like that. And he's saying, oh, I'll, I'll be re-signing as long as you guys are happy with that or something to those... Yeah. Along those lines. And basically everyone's like, oh, well, he's, he's signing then. Like, yeah. you don't come you, out and say something like that unless you're staying. Yeah. You don't, you, I don't know whether he said that on the basis of he got told by the organisation there'll be a contract on the table mm-hmm. by X amount and then that contract never turned up mm. and then that's why he and that's why he flipped the script mm. that like we don't we don't know what's happened internally yeah but my thinking is something must have happened yeah I think that if you look at if you look at the timeline from the beginning to the end of the season and obviously in these playoff series there's been there's been little moments where he's just Either he's just disagreed with teammates, or he's disagreed with with players, um, and the coaching staff, or whoever, and he's come out in those press conferences after the games, or in the, the obviously the huddles in the locker room with the journalists, and he's there was a particular I can't remember who it was against, but there was one particular moment where he just he just ripped into people and said, "We're not playing well enough, and you need, and we all need to sort of book our ideas up," and then it seemed to create that division between him and the rest of the team yeah and then he realised it quickly and then a few games later he apologised for it and went to the lens of saying oh well I spoke to LeBron about it and oh, yeah, oh, made, yeah. up, made up made I up forgot, with LeBron I forgot he called LeBron in the yeah. season made up, made up with LeBron and did let's all let's get the this. band back together he's going to LA yeah well okay. that's not happening now because Ty Lue ain't, ain't signed for the Lakers so that's not happening um, why do you crush my dreams like so I'm sorry um, but yeah so like I think that he hasn't helped himself is basically my point. And I think that I don't think that team, if Kyrie doesn't re-sign, is going to be particularly bothered. Because I think a lot of those players, like the likes of Tatum, Brown, Smart, and all those guys said, well, we got to the Eastern Finals last year without you. So we can we can do it again, um, whether you're there or not. If Kyrie doesn't sign, mm-hmm. 
that takes the Celtics out the Anthony Davis sweepstakes, doesn't it? Because they're not going to then offer Tatum. No, they're not going to. They're not going to offer the guys that they would probably offer unless Kyrie's Kyrie's there. I don't think. Um, which I think is the smart move for them anyway. Yeah. So where does Davis go now? Does he does he go to the Lakers? No, the... I don't think he. I don't think he'll end up at the Lakers because the Lakers don't have the same amount that they could have offered back then, like a few months ago. Because if you look, if you look at what's happened with the Lakers since. They they plummeted in terms of in terms of quality. They won barely any games. Ingram unfortunately has had his had had the blood clot, yeah. so like that puts a big question mark over his health going forward. Lonzo already Lonzo Ball already had question marks over whether he could stay healthy for an entire season, and he's got injured again. You've got then Kuzma who hasn't really developed as much as people would like to see, because everyone was saying this was the season where he was going to become number. LeBron's number two and the leaders of sort of the rest of the Lakers that were there beforehand before LeBron got there so I think in terms of the pieces they were going to offer th- there's just not nearly as much value as what they thought initially so I'm stuck I'm, I'm now just trying to rack my brain like who what's the market for that then I don't I don't there isn't <laughs> much of a market is the, is the truth and I think that and it's funny because like a couple of weeks before the end of the season Davies started changing language to well if nothing happens in the summer I'm more than happy to play for them like I'll, I'll play another season that, that bridge is burnt though he can't, he can't be there but he, he if there's no options out there and no one's willing to no I, someone will be willing to trade for him but it's just whether or not New Orleans are going to take the trade for him because no, New Orleans isn't going to sell themselves short they're not going to sell themselves short but I think the whole point of them not dealing days for the deadline made sense because you wait till the end of the season when everybody now has stock and everybody has what their draft pick's going to be and then you can get more people to the table to play off each other. Mm-hmm. So it made sense not dealing them before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. If you get to the end of the season and literally the Lakers still the Lakers are still offering the same sort of deal that they were for, and yes... Yes, maybe some of the players that they were offering at the time have maybe dipped in stock a little bit since then. I don't think it's but, a little bit though. I think the stock's the, the, dropped a lot. The Ingram bit, the Ingram is a one is a problem, mm-hmm. especially since Ingram is probably the player that the Lakers would most likely want to get rid of as well. Mm-hmm. That's that's a problem, but I don't know. Like the fact that they shut Lonzo down, mm-hmm. I don't think it's that big of an issue. Mm-hmm. Personally, Hart and Kuzma. Lon- and... Lonzo didn't shut down. He did his ankle. He went. He he knackered his ankle again, and he was out for the season. Lonzo did his ankle in the middle of the Houston game when LeBron was out, and then basically didn't come back. Yeah, but like I, they they could have brought him back, but they decided not to. I think it was like with like. Two weeks ago, or yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so they shut him down. Yeah, but it's not like they shut him down with half the season to go. No, no, but yeah, but like, but they shut the like they shut the Bron down for the last couple of, last couple of weeks. That's my point. They just yeah. they 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 realized they weren't going to play, so they so they mm. decided just to shut to shut people down. Mm. And I think they probably shut Lonzo down, not wanting to re injure him because they want to deal him. Mm. So I don't think the Lonzo ones actually took that much stock 
off because yes, he had an ankle injury, but he should be fine, really. And yeah, you know what you, and not, you know what you're getting with Lonzo. It's not just the ankle injury though; it's the fact that the previous couple of years when he's played, he's also had these types of injuries where he's been out for a month or two, and you don't want to be trained for a player who has that history if you can help it. If you can, yeah, if you can help it. But if you're trading for play, it, like for the most part, if you're trading for players, then there's usually a reason why they're tradable. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you don't tend to get players with no marks against them for whatever reason on the trade market. Because mm. otherwise, they wouldn't get traded. <laughs> yeah, but I think that I, just, I, I wouldn't be all that shocked if Davies is still at the Pelicans by the beginning of the season because I just don't I don't see I'll take the field but don't ask me where he goes <laughs> I, I don't I don't see where I'm not saying I wouldn't take the field I think you I think the, the, it's probably about 90 if, 10 yeah, 90 to it, 10 like, that he's the, the, the thing is if you put if you put the Lakers and the Pelicans on one side mm. and you put the field on the other I don't know which one I pick but that's the thing I, there isn't I don't think the teams the only thing that changes is if Say for example, the Knicks get the first round, get the first the first pick. If they get the first pick of Zion, and I, they they are willing to trade that for Davies. I don't know if I'm the Knicks. I would trade that because if you've already got room for if you if, if you've already got room for one superstar, they've no. got room for two. They've got room for two, and then you add Zion on with that. I would do that because at least you've got the team control with Zion. But then if they don't, but that, that's the thing is if they don't get that second superstar or, or potentially don't get one, and they've got Zion as the chip to trade, then and then New Orleans are wanting a new franchise face and someone to build the franchise round. Zion's the guy to do it. He shouts Drew Holiday into the ether. <laughs> uh, he's good. He is, um, he is good. <laughs> but as a fan, as a franchise yeah. face, if you get the if you get the opportunity to pick up. Probably the biggest name to come out of a draft for a, a few se- a good few yeah, seasons. Yeah, he's ironically the best. Well, like he's ironically one of the best prospects to come out of the draft since Andy Davis. Mm-hmm. That's why it's funny. Exactly, but, but like, if if you if you get the chance to get Zion, then yeah, you, you take it. You take it, and I think the Knicks uh, yeah. would look at it and say, Zion, we don't know, we don't know how he's going to transfer into the NBA, but we've got Anthony Davis, who we could potentially get who. Alongside a Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving could potentially take you to, well, are going to take you into the playoffs and then potentially compete for the the titles. So I think that's I think that's where it's at with that. Um, but in terms of the basketball, we'll leave it there and obviously come back to that once we've got the results out of the way. And I think because we've hit the hour mark with those two, I think we'll leave it there for that. Have we have we run long? Uh, we haven't run long. I think in terms of <laughs> we think, longer than we were planning. <laughs> I think in terms of I think in terms of what we can I think in terms of um, a, a starter episode that's probably a good base to leave it at. Um, I like this. Uh, I know, right? Um, seeing as the first go round we had, I think it was about two and a half hours long. So I'm glad it's not gone that long with this one. Um, but in terms of obviously going forward and in the future, I think the plans for the initially for the first month are probably going to be. The next couple of podcasts are going to be a bit more in depth on certain things, on certain, obviously certain events. So, say for example, the next one there's probably going to a large chunk of the podcast is going to be like the season review for the Premier League, um, and obviously reviewing that. And 
I think then falling on from that, it'll be things like the French Open for the tennis. Um, obviously, the playoffs will be getting reviewed still, and obviously everything that'll be coming up with free agency for the basketball. So there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a lot to talk about over the next month or so, and then obviously we'll continue on with it as we go. But I think as bigger events start coming through, we'll review those a bit more in depth, and then take a little bit of time afterwards or beforehand to review like the bigger news stories of the week. Um, and see where we'll go from there so yeah so that's episode one done and dusted um glad you could join us um hope you enjoy it and we'll speak to you soon bye see you later. bye